Alright people, welcome to Jessica Jones, Season 1, Episode 11, a.k.a. I've Got the Blues. We're on the home stretch here. Um, Hope killed herself. Kilgrave tried to kill a whole bunch of Jessica's friends and associates again. She had him twice, and he's gone. Now he's got his dad, trying to improve his powers. And if you're a superhero fan... You know, and you're here, you've already been won over by the, you know, incredible array of amazing non-superhero elements to the show, but you also are waiting for the the ass-kicking. And in some ways, this ass-kicking is is way more satisfying than the Daredevil. Um, I mean, Daredevil and Wilson Fisk do brawl, uh, you know, briefly towards the end of that series, or or episode, um, or season one, I should say, of Daredevil, Uh, but it's just never personal with Fisk. They don't. They don't build it enough. I think they're going to make a much more personal season two, learning from JJ. And if you had told me, you know, five or ten years ago, well, let's say five, that Netflix would not only have original content, but would sign an extended deal with Marvel to do four or five or more seasons of Netflix television, exclusive to Netflix, and that it would be not only Daredevil but Jessica Jones. Here comes a car exit. And, you know, Daredevil would get people hooked, as you would expect, but that Jessica Jones would be better. I would have never believed it. I hardly even knew who J.J. was uh, until this announcement. I mean, I'd heard her name in passing, you know. Okay, so this is another one of my favorite episodes. And part of the reason is because we get a lot of young Trish and young Jess. And as I mentioned in a previous episode, you know... While while young Jess looks more like older Jess than Trish does older Trish, boom, their relationship is so a Jess Trish relationship. And at first, they don't like or trust each other, but by the end, they're buddies and inseparable. And this girl is just killing it. Okay, so this girl, and I think uh, Aaron Moriarty as well, who played Hope, who sadly passed last episode. Rest in peace. Oh, there's the dyed red hair, the stage mom. Um, so this young lady in the bed playing Jessica after the accident uh, was, in, was in True Detective Season 2. She's going places. The doctors will tell her that. I mean, all she has to do is look in pain, and then the realization that they're all dead. She's crying. Yeah, this young woman is unbelievable. And the thing is, even though physically uh, the Trish, uh, the younger Trish, you know, doesn't have the same facial structure as older Trish, it, it, she acts completely how young Trish, you think, would act in this situation at this age and this point in her life. Patsy's going to save you. One has to imagine that Jessica hated Patsy on television before this ever happened. Look at that whole scene, just her crying in bed, Jessica reliving it. It's amazing. This series is so good. You know, I, I was hoping to get some cr- critique in the, in the final few episodes until the last one, uh, but I just can't help it. I, I love all of their choices, e- even the... So here's Robin almost dying from Kilgrave. So Robin causing the death of Hope, you know, with the mob of the support group taking Jessica out. Didn't even matter, because you get this. You got Hope, you got this, you got the aftermath of this, you got the aftermath of Billy and Robin finally being honest with each other about Ruben. I tried to kill myself. Why would I do that? I hate suicide. He's gone. It's over. 
That's the thing. Yeah, Malcolm's an old hand at this point. I meant to mention, actually, in the previous episode that when you first saw that shocking image of the four or five of these people in nooses with Hope on the other side of the room sitting with Kilgrave, there's a look on Malcolm's face, uh, on that actor's face, Ika, um, whatever his last name is, of, of, of almost comfort and resignation. The others all look scared stiff as they would be, but Malcolm's been through this extensively before. It's almost like he can't say no to Kilgrave, but he knows it's going on. He's going, oh, fuck, not again. Oh, they're already building the lie about how this happened. Right. If you want to explain your self-lynching party, go right ahead. Oh, he's already looking to dump bodies again. Yep. Can't explain this. <laughs> yeah, the cold angles is not only not a bad idea, but it's pretty uh, genius and true when it comes to the cult of Kilgrave. The slaves and the cult of Kilgrave. Alright. Help me get out of here so I can save them and kill him. Yeah, no matter who gets dead. Yep. It's less people than he'd kill. Finally comes the realization she should have strangled him many episodes ago in the house. Thought she could, if not save Kilgrave, then at least help other people by not killing him. Now she knows it's not the case. And so this is it. We got three episodes as I was getting toward the meaning of her being a total superhero. And it's fabulous. Look at her. Covered in blood. Robin plays this scene great where she doesn't want to lie. She knows Jessica's right. She really doesn't want to lie. And you see her start to tell the truth. Okay, here it is. You know, their stories have to corroborate. Everyone starts screaming. I didn't see what happened. Exactly the right thing to say. I saw it all. <laughs> They're shooting her right in the face. She's looking right into the camera. I mean, they all are, but she's really looking at the camera. That's great. She seemed like a nice girl. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, is Robin realizing that she has to lie for the betterment of all, is actually her becoming more truthful with herself. <laughs> what a weird shit has been going down. Here we go. Up, oh, she sees Jessica. Jessica definitely angled herself, so she'd be looking at Robin. Yeah. Well. Right. Yeah. So Hope has to take the fall. Hope has to take the fall. She says she hates mental illness and then looks at Jessica. That's great. Not the last time Jessica's going to have to lie on the stand. Mm-hmm. Made sense to me, too. We know. Right, trading Albert for Hub. It made sense. Yeah. Right, Albert's going to be dead once Kilgrave's done with him. Albert would probably kill himself rather than help his demented son, but he he can't escape control. Home, where's home? This is the last moment of rest. I mean, just in terms of the speed of the narrative. 
Uh, Jessica starts looking at Morks. Again, very much like The Wire. I mean, the tone, obviously, the themes of the show are very different from The Wire, but they took some of the cooler investigative ideas and put a comic book spin on them, which is why Freeman's the perfect connection. <laughs> oh, Trish, this is great coming up. Trish uses her uh, Trish Walker fame to, to get stuff. And that's the thing. She's a superhero just by A, being a celebrity, having power and money, B, being Jessica Jones' sister and best friend, and C, wanting to always do the right thing, even using a gun if she has to. It'll be interesting to see if she becomes Shadowcat or any sort of superhero sidekick to Jessica, um, if she gets experimented on or if she hones her gun skills. That's what I would like. You know, for basically for the two of them, Trish is a good fighter but has a gun. Jessica never carries a gun. And she's there to support Jessica, but to take someone down if Jessica is unable to handle them. This guy's great. You know, I'm a big fan of uh, of, of great extra casting. And this guy plays this whole thing. Katya <laughs> Bell Hortons. <laughs> Kelly Huang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You have to leave. Here we go. She doesn't want to have to do this. Jessica never wants to have to use this. Yeah, it doesn't. Never wants to have to use Patsy. Just watch her. <laughs> Highest rated talk show in the city. It's Patsy. <laughs> Jessica does the Patsy song. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> you gourmand <laughs> yeah Jessica thinking fast on her feet again yeah this is the thing this is the Claire Danes thing do anything say anything manipulate anyone no never slow your momentum long enough to be able to see what, what you're flying by at high speed yeah <laughs> She's speaking French to the chef of the best restaurant in the city, getting him a reservation. It's Trish Walker. That's what's great. That's what we wish our our uh, our celebrities were like. Celebrities that not only are kind of hesitant being celebrities, but who, who would rather be superheroes saving the world. You know, there's two kinds of people in um, sort of sports and talk media, you know, on the radio. There's people who are just way overqualified, like Bill Simmons and Colin Cowherd, who just like the fact that they can be the best in the business at that job, even though they could be doing, you know, loftier topics. Um, and then you have people like, well, I don't want to name any names, but some people who could only make it in a sports environment or could only make it in a talk radio environment. And they're, they're overachieving essentially. Um, Trish is the former. She's, you know, definitely not overachieving. This is, you know, her job is easy for her considering her intelligence level and her self-confidence and self-esteem. But this is what she really cares about. And I remember the first time I'm watching this, I'm going, wow, after episode three, you know, we don't see any Trish talk. Trish never seems to be at work. They do say that she never misses a day of work for anything. But, uh, you know, I mean, if you're Trish Walker, you can take a week or two off on the radio and take care of more important deal. I need him dead. We all do. Trish is on board. Trish was the one, remember, saying that Jess could or should harness his power in the Dollhouse episode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Trish again understanding the situation better than Jessica. Hope was not trying to teach Jess a lesson. She was trying to force her hand to kill Kilgrave, and that's it. Right. And this is great. You never see this in Marvel movies. There's no time to show or talk about sleep on screen. But even Jessica Jones needs sleep. She's going to go morgue to morgue and eventually, I think, pass the fuck out. So, beautiful shot of the East River. Yeah. So... In terms of Devil's Kitchen, which is supposedly where all these uh, Defenders, Netflix characters are based, even though we see them go all over the city. You know, it, it's just a tribute to the comic book. It, and it's, it's a fun way to have a neighborhood situation. Yeah. You know, Brooklyn and Queens, Bronx, they have very specific neighborhoods. In Manhattan... It's just become one huge blob, and to have a specific neighborhood, but still be in Manhattan, but have a Brooklyn, Queens feel to it, you know, I almost would have moved it to Brooklyn, but A, you know, everyone apparently lives in Brooklyn. I joke about how, like, any hipster you ever meet either lives or lived in Brooklyn, or so they say. But, uh, <laughs> crap ass website. <laughs> oh, man. So, I should have said this before. Okay, so Hell's Kitchen is bordered at the north at, 40, at uh, 59th Street, which is Central Park. Um, in the south at 34th Street, which is basically considered the beginning of Midtown. Right. So, this is the first major Midtown neighborhood going north. But, you know, as I've kind of been hinting at with these bridges that, that we always see, all these famous bridges, the Brooklyn Bridge, the Manhattan Bridge... Um, which, by the way, is the Blue Bridge a few episodes back. I, I called it the Brooklyn Bridge. I met the Manhattan Bridge, the Williamsburg Bridge. Um, here's where she starts to lose it. Look, the color filter goes totally purple. You know, purple signal for, for Kilgrave or apparent Kilgrave. Um, all those bridges are on the east side of Manhattan, uh, <laughs> extending over into, you know, Queens and Brooklyn and so forth. But Hell's Kitchen is on the west side, the far west side of Midtown. Midtown Southwest. Uh-oh, get hit by the car. So it's bordered by 8th Avenue East, Hudson River to the west. These days, while there's still a lot of old warehouses there, there's also a ton of fancy, fancy, fancy lofts. And you know what? I'm glad that Jessica Jones doesn't, uh, the show that is, doesn't you know, spend too much time trying to make Hell's Kitchen in particular that important. Because the bottom line is, if you live in New York, you live in New York in 2015. You know, if you live in Manhattan, you're in Manhattan. The whole thing's on lockdown from the police. It's not that there aren't bad neighborhoods, but, you know, Manhattan is like, not New York as a whole, but Manhattan specifically is one of the safest cities on the planet for its size and wealth. They just throw everyone in jail. And because Kilgrave is really an international criminal... And, you know, I, I criticize the fact that Kilgrave's parents, who are theoretically running for him, would be in the same city as him, knowing that he's there, is convenient. Oh, here's Tristock. I was just saying, no Tristock, here it is. Oh, this is great. Rock flautist. Listen to this. Take it away, Dad. 
Oh, I missed it with the album. The album's called like Blowing. I think is the name of the album. Yeah. She knows a lot. This is gonna go on for a while. Uh, her sidekick's funny. But uh, but anyways, Kilgrave is such a you know international villain, even though it's all in New York, as opposed to Wilson Fisk and Daredevil, who are rooted in their you know West Midtown area of New York. So I'm cool with the Hell's Kitchen thing. But I was an asshole. Yeah, you stop forgetting that they're that it's like a big thing that they're cursing in a Marvel uh, property because it's just so natural to the the uh, milieu. So this is this is Simpsons' last uh, last attempt. To hold on to Trish. There's nothing he can say because it's just his attitude that's so scary. It's he does have one good line where he says, "You know, I don't want taking the wrong pills to, um, t- you know, to be the thing that breaks us up, right?" But she knows that it's it's way more than the pills. Uh, here it is, his obsession with Jessica. She knows. <laughs> I'm waiting to say sorry in person. Uh, maybe I can see you later. He's still trag. She should have never got mixed up with this weirdo, but, you know, it was the sex. That's the thing. Someone like Trish, who's so, who's so smart and successful, but has an amazing heart, almost always does the right thing, or tries to... You need to have one weakness. And the easiest weakness to give these people is like Apollo, Leodama, you know, Apollo and Battlestar Galactica. He's such a flawless human being, other than being a little self-righteous, that you had to have him have lady problems, you know, uh, know, or just not have the best judgment uh, with ladies. And Trish, that's her one weakness, was, you know, letting Simpson in for, for at all or for too long. Okay, so this is interesting. Wrapping with saran wrap. So uh, is this supposed to compress the internal bleeding that the ribs, you know, she's got broken ribs. She definitely has healing powers. I haven't actually gone over Jessica's, like, official powers or whatever. Right, you're strong, but even you can break. So, you know... (laughs) She has superhuman strength. She can fly... Although, here at least, isn't mastered flying yet. And now we know she can block mind control. She can lift a car. Um, obviously, lift and throw large people. You know, it's not the sexiest, uh, quote-unquote, uh, superpowers. It's not anything uncommon. Um, and uh, in the comics, as here, her not being a hero and and flexing those muscles for a while loses some of her powers. So she probably will be able to fly by, I would think the end of season two, if not earlier, but her superpower is mostly her brains and that's what makes her great. And that's why she should be the leader of the defenders. We'll have to see iron fist. So I've been teasing iron fist. If we get to that, cause it's sort of a family episode here. I love that they did this. 
you know, we're three from the end. You think it's going to be one long chase scene, but we've already had basically three to four straight episodes of chase scene. It's nice for these two to just have a full episode together. Still looking out for me. Uh, she just admires Jessica. I can break the one or two people I care about, too. Uh-oh, Luke Cage. It's great when she finally sees Luke. She's like, yeah, he's hot. Yeah. Again, that's, Trish only we- that's uh, Trisha's only weakness. She likes hot guys. Uh, no. It's nice to be appreciated. Look at this look between the two of them. Oh, my God. <sighs> Their love is so real. I bet these two hang out in real life. They're, um, Rachel Taylor is actually a few years younger. Um, as I mentioned in early episode, when I was trying to put the Jessica Jones chronology together, well, she's my age, which is 34 in real life, being born December 81, I believe. It was definitely late 81. I was born late 81. Her journals and other timeline clues suggest that she's supposed to be around 30. And in real life, I believe Rachel Taylor is about 30, 31. So I think that's what they're going for. Okay, here we go. The young Trish and young Jess. These two actresses are amazing. You know, she dresses how Jess would dress. You know, she's losing her temper. Uh Uh-oh, breaks the brush. I'm sick of all this Patsy shit. Oh, this is great. (laughs) Oh, no, she broke the sick. Look at her, she's so scared. She really looks exactly... I'm not going to mention her name. Uh, she's probably not listening to this, even though she loves me. I don't know if she has time for Jessica Jones commentaries, <laughs> but th- th- she looks exactly like this, and she's part Asian, which which makes me think hard to tell. You know, people of color these days. It's great that it's being um, that's become harder to know. So this woman, this young woman, is lifting the 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 marble sink here. She's so young that they don't even have a birth date on her biography because it would be illegal essentially uh, other than the short she didn't start acting until 2013 my guess is this girl here is 16 or 17 how am i doing this and then of course patsy sees it oh my god boom young trish great luck played by Played by Catherine Blades or Blades. Also, only been acting since about 2013, 2014. I hate when the People's Choice Awards. That's a semi reference to uh, uh, you know, Jessica wanting to bludgeon her mom with the Mother of the Year Award. You're a freak. I mean that in a positive way. <laughs> Gifted. I totally buy these two. These are two young women in real life who just, you know, who are fully, fully formed actors already at their age. Oh, so does she threaten, she threatens Patsy here, but then later she threatens, you know, Trisha's mob. Car accident. I have no idea. So her name is is Elizabeth Cappuccino, like a cappuccino. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the thing. Is Trish is getting <laughs> God, these these actresses are brilliant. It's a stand though. Trish hates being abused, but she doesn't want anyone to know that she's abused. I don't tell, and you don't save me. Yeah, this doesn't last long. 
Look at that look. Oh, my God. This girl's a star. You almost think she's the star of the show, you know, briefly. Elizabeth Cappuccino. Amazing. She was in, uh, eh, what the hell was she in? Uh, maybe she wasn't in True Detective. I guess uh, uh, Moriarty was in True Detective. Aaron Moriarty. Did I say Elizabeth? Aaron Moriarty. <laughs> She's got multiple broken ribs walking around. Okay, so while she's doing the investigation here, real quickly, um, I've been trying to tell the Jessica Jones story in terms of the show, but I'll jump forward. So Melissa Rosenberg pitched this in 2010. It was on and off ABC's, you know, back burner until 2012. ABC turned it down. Uh, of course, you know, at this point, Disney owned uh, Marvel now for a couple of years in 2012. They passed on the show. Um, Rosenberg started shopping it to other networks, even though it's a Marvel show. I don't know how that works. Um, and she said, uh, you know, I toned it down for network, but it's very easy to translate it to cable. Damn, was she right. I'm glad it didn't work out until it got to essentially cable. Um, but Netflix announced its whole big plan, October 2013, which was almost a year and a half before the first uh, Daredevil came out. And more than two years before the first uh, season of Jessica Jones here came out, Rosenberg was brought on to write and produce the new incarnation of the series to be reconfigured from the original project. Um, now, what it was called Marvel's AKA Jessica Jones. They got rid of the AKA Smarley. You know, you don't need a little. I, I never. I mean, I, I know that's from the book, the AKA Jessica Jones. But yeah, Jessica Jones just rolls off your tongue so easily. Like, why? Why add anything to it? And they did the right thing, and so they add the AKA to the episodes, which is great. So really quickly, while we have a sec here, I've been teasing Iron Fist. Okay, so we've seen Daredevil, right? Charlie Cox, Matt Murdock, Daredevil. We know what he can do. He's blind, but he can see with, like, sonar in his brain. Blind, you know, street-level Batman-esque street fighter, crime fighter. Got JJ here. We know what she can do. Now, it'll be interesting to see if they bring in telepaths. <laughs> Clemens is dead. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see if they try and bring in telepaths at some point in the future. They definitely won't next season. They don't want to, you know, use that too much. But it's, you know, in this, right here, the way they've been describing it, you know, Kilgrave is a virus and she's resistant to it. It's not that she's resistant to all telepathy. So if they're going to bring in more telepaths and have her resistant to them, which would be great, they're going to have to... Uh, yeah, Trisha's in. They're going to have to, you know, I expand that power. Whatever. No big deal. Luke Cage, we've met. We haven't seen for a few episodes. We're about to see, I think, next episode. He's in the final two when we learn he's been Kilgraved. Oh, man. And Luke is just a much stronger and durable version of Jessica, but he can't fly. And he's not nearly as smart. Uh, oh, he's smart, but he's not as, you know, just like book smart or street smart. Like, it's just straight up, you know, intelligence genes as Jessica. That's not, you know, he's he's just a great guy who tries to do the right thing. Now, that's why I didn't knock. This, of course, a mirror to their conversation where they're sitting back to back to the door with the door closed, and he's trying to get himself in after strangling her. 
there's their flirting begins since like what ten episodes ago. Yeah. So I again this scene in the last couple scenes with uh, with uh, with Simpson uh, putting him over the edge. Yeah, and this I never know whether to laugh at this performance or not. Is it bad? Is it supposed to be funny? I don't want to lose you over some medicines or whatever he says. Uh, uh he goes. You going to Jessica? All right. So that's the three: Jessica, Luke, Charlie. Um, it's not Charlie, Matt Murdock. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he fucked up. He was gonna, man, she was gonna give him another chance so he started talking about Jessica again. I just wanna know where Jessica is. Does he kidnap, uh, Trish here? I think, oh yeah, I think this is the one where he, he captured, oh god. Right. Yeah. Now she really wants to kill Kilgrave, is the thing. All right, so this is the proof that he wasn't lying, that he's trying to get out of the military project. They're trying to bring him in. But, yeah, I think Jessica is going to end up being the leaders of the of the uh, Defenders. There's a lot of reasons why she was second um, of the four. They had to do Daredevil first. It's, you know, easily the most famous, popular, longest-running, well-known, you know, well-liked of the four characters. It's not even close. I mean, he's been sustaining multiple... Oh, uh, here comes the pill. Daredevil's been sustaining multiple simultaneous series for like forty years or something like that. So he was, and, and just his fighting stuff is great, and the, and the iconography. But there's a reason they put Jessica before Luke, and as I hinted at in an earlier episode, Iron Fist is fourth because he actually has magical powers. Oh, he kills both these guys. Jesus Christ, man, with a fucking silencer. Oh. Look at this look. Ooh, shooting up right on both of them. Yeah, he takes her hostage. He takes her... Uh-oh, here's Simpson. <laughs> so anyways, you know, Iron Fist has, has like, mystical powers from beating a dragon. He has the powers that all these other guys have, but he's stronger, has, you know, has even better healing ability, and he can channel the energy into a, literally a magical fist. They call it the Iron Fist, and just punch, you know, punch the lights out of a dragon apparently so that'll be interesting to see how they shoehorn that into the more street level stuff i'm not sure if he can fly i think maybe he can um <laughs> yeah and he's just a martial arts fighter too that's the thing it's gonna be hand-to-hand fighting with the four of them it'll be great but you know they had to do jessica second because they had to get both the the some female viewers that they weren't getting with Daredevil, maybe, um, or you know, non comic booky people. What they didn't count on was Daredevil being watched by so many non comic booky people because it was free and it was on Netflix and it was incredibly well done and brutal and funny and fun. And so tons of people watched Daredevil that had never even heard of Daredevil before. But this is really coloring outside of the lines of Marvel. You know, it's what I do. Um, and so they had to do JJ second to see if this thing could fly. You know, Luke Cage needed his introduction to the show, and, and you know I like Mike Coulter and I like what they've done with Luke Cage, but the reality is, oh, here's Malcolm. The reality is, you know, JJ is way more compelling. Christian Ritter is way more compelling than Mike Coulter at the moment. 
So it helps that he got the intro in JJ, and we'll see who else pops up in his series other than Rosario Dawson, who Netflix has basically signed Rosario Dawson to like a lifetime contract, essentially, to be in all series going forward, scheduled and unscheduled, and why not? She's amazing. She's the human connection. She's going to be the one that keeps them together, you know? When they're a team, or almost a team, but Jessica's the smartest and the most ruthless and cuts you know cuts out the shit she's willing to make the sacrifices i know she doesn't seem like captain america with the avengers but that is exactly what i think is going to happen she's going to be a, a, a darker and more confused version of cap but she will be cap nonetheless in terms of her readership role there you go that's a yet another prediction from the bizzle saturday february 6th 2016 or whenever you're listening to this recording at february 6th Yeah, again with getting the clothes on and off so easily. Uh oh. I love how they shoot head on in this series, you know. You think everything's gonna be at angles. But the close ups head on, because the lighting is right and the actors' faces are exactly where they uh they need to be. It's fantastic. Shooting head on is actually coming back in the style, um in, in mainstream movies and television. You know, I think it was considered a passe and kind of like, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, something like that. But, uh, hey, Jess. But, you know, the, 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 maybe the best shot of Ex Machina is the first night when Domhnall Gleeson is spying on, uh, Ava, the sex bot, uh, on his TV screen from his room, and he's staring at the computer at her with the music. Camera comes right in. We've already seen in the Cap trailer for Cap, uh, Captain America Civil War, the third Cap movie. Uh, shot of him looking at the Sokovia Awards, and it's the exact same shot as Domhnall Gleeson in Ex Machina. In fact, he looks like Domhnall Gleeson in Ex Machina because of how it's shot, because of his face, and because they do look somewhat similar. <laughs> All right, he's not meant. She's not telling him everything. All right, she puts it together pretty quickly that that he killed Clement. He was a great detective. Fire. All right. Yep, bullet to the head. Put a bullet in your head. Put a bullet in your fucking head. Sorry, Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> he, yeah, he's trying to he's he's trying to spit it into another reason to kill Kilgrave that he killed the uh, Clemens. Uh oh, bullet was police issue, which is weird because he has access to nine police guns. We already know that from Trish. Police. Policemen don't get silencers either on their guns. That's highly illegal. It's a great look on uh, Kristen Ritter, the uh, blue, the plaid blue uh, flannel shirt. You know, a little hipster, but very classy, very relatable. I think what's great about hipster... Oh, there it is. I think what's great about hipster uh, <laughs> fashion culture, which I used to mock and still do occasionally, boom. Oh, no. Oh, right. Now Trish comes save Jess. I love it. I always forget. It's the reverse of everything in the series. Right. Clemens was going to put him in the system. That's why he felt he had, to, he had to kill Clemens. He doesn't want Kilgrave in the system. So the whole idea of Jessica being hit by the car in this episode is to make her weak enough so that Will actually has a chance and is actually beating her before Trish comes. Um, it's very similar in the, the new star Wars movie, the force awakens where, you know, both Finn briefly 
and then Ray, uh, Daisy Ridley successfully are able to take on the big baddie, Kylo Ren, played by Adam Driver, um, who's Darth Vader's grandson and trying to fulfill the family legacy. You know, they have Chewbacca shoot him like right in the, you know, the side after he kills Han Solo to injure him just enough so it's believable that an untrained force user like, uh, like, uh, Ray, um, could, could take him down or at least keep up with them. But yeah, Jess's inability to just punch this guy hard is, is, you know, it's the comparative powers thing, you know? They're, regardless of the strength of a superhero, it's not always at 10 out of 10 at all times. They're, you know, you're injured, you're tired, you're surprised. Oh, right, now he can tell that he, yeah, now he can tell that she's, uh, she's injured. Does he, does he break her ribs? Even worse. Could have killed him a dozen times. I'm just doing what has to be done. He's not totally wrong. Boom, here it comes. Boom. Right, that doesn't even knock him out, you know. Uh, Wendy is killed by Pam with, like, a vase, you know, to the head. And this is great. And this is why you have to make Trish a superhero, and they're just playing with us in the media. Uh, I really think they're just they're just playing with us. Uh, and saying, I don't know, maybe she will be a superhero, maybe she won't be a superhero. No, I don't know if it's Shadowcat or someone else, but Trish, the, you know, you don't, I mean, you can do this just for character reasons. Did he take, did, did she take pills off of him? <laughs> you can tell, screw yourself. Where did she get the pills from? Yeah, he's a monster. Uh-oh. Yeah, Jessica should be the one taking him, not her. I guess it, it, it may thinking internal bleeding with Jessica. So this is a question, right? Is Trish going to be just normal powered, but a really good fighter with a gun in the second season, or is she can have access to pills like this or treatment to make her, you know, a more you know, quote unquote, traditional superhero? Yeah, yeah. He, he, We've already been told that you can take the up pills without the down ones, although they drive you crazy, as we've seen here with Simpson. No, she doesn't. She'll die. Oh, look at her. What does she take? A knife? Oh, yeah, baby. Oh. How does he not feel that? Worth it. (laughs) Boom. Oh, this is so great. I mean, it's not, you know... You're not looking forward to this as much as Jessica killing Kilgrave, but you've definitely been looking forward to this. Right, boom, right there. Her Krav Maga, now she's got super strength. She's defending her friend. She's sick of this guy being, you know, a, a creepo, psychopathic, obsessed piece of shit. Oh, Jessica gets back involved. That's what I love. It's the teamwork. Yeah, it's not just Trish. Oh, she smashes his brains in on the, uh, and, oh, yeah, the refrigerator. Oh. Man, that guy is a beast. It's hard to know if he's been enhanced even before he went back in the program and started taking the pills. Yeah, they can't believe it. Is he dead? I don't know. Yeah, the problem, you know, the thing with with, uh, comic book properties, whether, you know, page or screen, is that you have to make... I'm pumped. You have to make these characters... uh, go off the grid, good guy, bad guy, or otherwise, because, you know, otherwise you'd just be having constant murder investigations. I'm psyched. (laughs) Uh, Trish goes crazy here. 
I'm too. Uh oh. Oh no. This is the most horrifying moment. This is as horrifying almost for Jessica as Hope killing herself. She thinks Trish. I mean. Yeah, she can't. Can't lose Trish. Or all is lost. Everyone's fighting for something. She's fighting for Trish. And then I think they just leave Sims in there and then he gets out. Yeah, you know, it's all a little sloppy. Who cares? Oh, man. Oh, the flashback. This is so great. The thing is, they, there's three flashbacks and they're so quick. It feels like more because of how powerful the performances are. I couldn't believe when I saw this. You, ne- I mean, you don't even see this in like rated R movies. A mother forcing her little girl to be bulimic, to be a child, you know, actress, star. You want them to call you fatsy? Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, baby. Let her go. These actresses are amazing. Look at her. I'm, I'm scared of young Jessica Jones. She's so intimidating, that face. You're not part of any family. You promise not to save me. I can't help it. Oh, yeah. Boom. <gasps> oh. Just shoot right up on her face. Uh, this girl's got an amazing look. She's going places. Hopefully she doesn't, you know, hopefully these two girls. Now she knows. Good. And this is it. The smile. That's the, B- They've you know, they've been BFF since that moment. A combat drug. He's like, oh, that's new. <laughs> yeah, that's a new one. Yeah, I had to almost kill Trish. As you notice, we've had no kill grade this episode and not even much talk of him. This is all about these two. Which you're like, okay, why are they doing the relationship episode, you know, as the third to last episode? But when you see the climax of the final episode, you know exactly why we needed to see more of this before the shit really goes down. Oh, there she is. There she is. Trish. <laughs> God damn you. Oh, she, I think she kisses her. That's so sweet. Right, you had to be a hero. I learned it from you, exactly. It never gets old because they keep reframing it with new situations and new dialogue. She loves and admires Jessica so much. Wants to be her. You know. It's like what you say, for the person who has everything, what do you get then? For Trish, the person who has everything... Give her superpowers. I think that's what they're going to do. We shall see. Oh, this is the scene with Robin and him talking about Ruben, where he dumped. (laughs) Professor of Kilgraveism. (laughs) Oh, man. So, what is it with people? I love that. So, you know, so Shadowcat in the uh, the comics is Kitty Pride, who's a really famous, you know, X-Men character. 
community projects my dad worked on. Yeah. Still got sliced up in there now. Right, you know, with with Ruben being gone in such a horrible way, Robin is now an extremely cynical person, or at least, uh, at least, that's what how she's talking. Yeah, no one's gonna stop you this time. So, um, so yeah, it's not really clear. Uh, what is going to happen with 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 Trish in terms of superhero uh, going forward? I called her Shadow Cat. I don't think that's what she's called. Is she called Hellcat? Let's see. Jessica Jones. Hellcat. Yeah, I'm sorry. Patsy Walker, which is from the comic. Hellcat. Yeah, this is our heroes are all down and they're gonna recover. She again can't help but admire Jessica. You know. I mean this is this is deeper than any man woman or any or I should say any romantic relationship. This kind of friendship where your sisters and best friends. It's uh you know and it's mirroring Jessica being in the bed at the beginning after the horrible accident, the flashback. You know, the tagline is, you take care of me, Jess, essentially, right? Like, but they really take care of each other. Oh, right. So they leave Simpson in the apartment. It's like leaving Kilgrave in the apartment. And then his, uh, you know, his military overlords or whatever get him. So Patsy Walker, Trish Walker, a.k.a. Hellcat, was originally actually meant to be a, a more like romantic teen comic book star, but was eventually you know brought into the Avengers and as we see here, the Defenders. It's not a coincidence they called her Trish Walker. You know she's gonna be Hellcat, and they're doing a great job of misdirecting us by saying just enough but not too much. Oh, he's gonna delete Jessica's contact, but then. Or call her? What's he thinking here? God, is this guy a good actor? He's so good, Malcolm. Ika Darville. I wish I knew how to pronounce his name. So. So, Hellcat who's Patricia Walker at the comics, um, and has a, a sense for mystical phenomenon. Um, and she can defend against mystical attacks. I don't know how that fits in this universe. You have to have it be defensive against numerous kinds of attacks. And she's a, she's a martial artist in the comics, so we'll see what they do. Boom. I ran into your boyfriend. Let's say time to say goodbye. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. One of the great ads to an episode ever. You're going, we haven't seen Luke for a while. She gets out. She looks in. Luke. Music drops away. They held each other's gaze. 
He closes the window, and boom. Amazing. So well executed. That's such a real-looking explosion. That's the thing. They saved their money for the big stuff. And here's Luke unfired, not dead, because of his skin. It's... Oh, no, 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 Jessica, no, 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 run away, run away. Oh, no, okay, so this is where, right, okay, so he's Kilgrave, but he's not trying to get Jessica yet. This is just starting here and through part or most of the next episode. We think Luke has been Kilgrave and is now out of it and trying to reconnect with Jessica, but it's all a manipulation by Kilgrave. He's still Kilgrave here, and he'll continue to be Kilgrave. Until he tries to kill Jessica. Yeah. Uh, bad. Alright, only got two left. That's one of my favorites because of the, the Trish-Jess backstory stuff. As I mentioned, um, the, the woman who plays Trish's mom and the young actresses who play young Trish and young Jessica are absolutely phenomenal. Uh, you know, it's again, it's it's always what are you fighting for, you know, and uh, you almost needed a breather. I mean, the, the previous four or five episodes were incredibly intense and brutal and disturbing and upsetting, and the next two are going to be crazy. So you need to reestablish what Jess is fighting for. In addition for fighting for humanity, she's fighting for Trish. And she's being a superhero for Trish. So I'll see you for number 12, and we're almost at the finale. Bizzle out.